You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name. Joining me, as always, is my good friend, Frank Madden. And Frank, the Wisconsin Herd, got their first (laughs) win in franchise history tonight. And I think that would be the way that we have to lead off this podcast. In fact, I'm surprised this is an emergency pod. We should have gone to a live periscope after the Herd won uh, their first G League game. And they did it on a buzzer beater tonight. 115-113, 115-113, they end up winning uh, their first game in the G League. Exciting stuff, Frank. Uh, I mean, all eyes in Wisconsin were on the Wisconsin herd tonight. There was definitely no other sporting event that uh, no oh. took any of our attention away. Um, yes, if you, if you are not a Wisconsin sports fan, you live outside, perhaps, the United States, uh, there was a... Uh, Green Bay Packers football game tonight, uh, and the Packers uh, without Aaron Rodgers yet again continue to look. I don't. I don't know if if you are if you are a Bucks fan and you want to feel better about you know the not great things happening with the Milwaukee Bucks right now. I I, I guess also being a Packers fan, Packers well, would be a nice little remedy. The, the Packers would weirdly make you feel better about the Bucks while simultaneously <laughs> simultaneously making you feel sad about your football fanhood. Um, because they they have nothing they they have nothing without Aaron Rodgers Brett Hundley can't do anything and uh, that, there's got to be some parallel between watching the Green Bay Packers like constantly blitz and totally be unable to put any pressure on the opposing quarterback and just get picked apart and all the complaints you know that that we always have about uh, the, the Bucks and their blitzing scheme that doesn't force enough turnovers uh, against pick and rolls um, so I don't know. Uh, Bottom line, the the, the Bucks are are at the very least in in at least a better position uh, than the Green Bay Packers right now, uh, in the sense that Giannis Dedekumbo is uh, knock on wood walking and talking and able to play his sport, whereas uh, Aaron Rodgers is not. But uh, not to distract, yeah, from the Wisconsin herd, Xavier Munford with the huge buzzer beater. Um, I've seen very little of Xavier Munford. I've only sort of know what I know of him from sort of stats and some, you know, YouTube compilations I've seen. But I am ready to make him the Milwaukee Bucks backup point guard. If only he actually had an NBA contract, he does not. So um, unfortunately, the Bucks can't just have him play in, in lieu of Matthew Delvatova. <laughs> but what he had twenty five points tonight, I think. Uh, yep. he, he's a proven G League scorer, six uh, three combo guard, and uh, he hit the big shot tonight. And I guess Joel. Ballenboy also had a nice night as well. The uh, a guy who could actually play for the Milwaukee Bucks this season without any additional moves because he is a two-way player. Uh, GP two did not play tonight. Do you know why GP two is he just with the Bucks? Is that why he didn't play with them? I assume, but correct. That was that was what the uh, Rio Grande Valley Vipers broadcast team uh, told uh, viewers that he was actually with the NBA team and not. Uh, at their game tonight so 
Um, that would kind of be, I, I don't know if it's necessarily news, but uh, that would be something that uh, he hasn't been, I don't think he's been in Milwaukee now for a little while, um, or been with the team for a little while. So um, that would be some news that GP2 is there and using some of his uh, 45 days. So we'll see, I, I guess, we'll see if he, he plays it all uh, against the Cavaliers, but uh, a little bit of a surprise there. But yeah, GP2 is not there. Uh, Ballin Boy, 21 points uh, tonight. Munford, 25. Um, Ballin Boy's interesting, Frank. Um, and, and I know uh, we had some people ask, Oh, I thought you guys were going to do a preview episode, and you know what? That's on me. I'm the goose. Uh, I was the one that forgot to, but I know I talked uh, to Chris Schreikert a little bit, and uh, I think we'll, like I said, we'll try to record something here in the next little while. Um, I wouldn't expect us to uh, to break down every herd game for you. Um, I don't think that's something we're or, going or any, to do. Or any herd game, probably, but but maybe maybe something. Honestly, here or there. yeah. Yeah, uh, so what we'll, we'll try to do some kind of overview type stuff, and if we can, if we can talk to Chris from two A's and ten days, uh, he might be able to kind of break some of this stuff down for us and kind of let us know what what the team looks like. I know uh, last week Dylan Murphy, who I think was on Dunked on maybe the other week, yeah, yeah. Uh, breaking down uh, the G League a little bit. I tweet something out about how uh, the Bucks roster isn't isn't, or I should say the Bucks, the Herds roster is not bad for an expansion team, and uh, there actually is some talent on there. So uh, maybe we can hear some more from Chris on that and kind of help people get a better idea of what's going on with the Herd before they go to a Herd game or before they they queue up Facebook Live and try to watch one of those. Uh, so I guess that would kind of be the newsy thing of the day. Um, obviously the Bucks are getting ready for, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. They have lost three straight games. Uh, they practiced, let's see. So they lost what on Friday night, uh, they practiced Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, all three days they practiced. Um, and, uh, I think on the last podcast we talked about how John Henson joked that it was going to be pick and roll defense, pick and roll defense, pick and roll defense, and, Jason said much of the same today when we talked to him after practice today that they spent a lot of time on that and uh, that w- that was kind of the focus for them was was working on all of that and uh, I-, I know we asked Jason a few questions about threes and kind of trying to limit that and he said well you know pick and rolls of threes are all connected for us that teams are getting threes in the NBA because of pick and rolls. And that if you're doing a better job against pick and roll, you're probably giving up uh, fewer threes because that's what people are running those pick and rolls for is to get good looks from behind the line. So uh, Bucks have to do a better job containing that. Obviously that's something we've talked about a little bit, uh, but no surprise that that is what the Bucks were working on. Uh, I guess one thing we kind of wanted to talk about. Did you tell Jason Kidd about the podcast we recorded where we sort of uh, said that he probably shouldn't be head coaching anymore. Uh, <laughs> didn't come up. I don't think that didn't come up, strangely enough. I mean, I'm sure he's an um, avid listener, so he probably would have brought it up. <laughs> maybe he's trying to catch up, maybe. Uh, yeah, the week, probably. I, they had a road trip today, so he probably caught up on the sure, on the yeah. flight over. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so uh, I think that that would kind of be 
Uh, something to think about, obviously, going into this Cavaliers game. And then one thing, I know today Zach Harper tweeted it out, um, but he had tweeted out the Bucks on-off with Giannis. And this is something we talked about. Did we talk about it in our, in our last podcast or yeah, maybe two yeah, ago about how about how extreme those numbers are? Uh, and he had tweeted out that the Bucks with Giannis on the court were – uh, I think, pl- yeah, plus 1.7 per 100 possessions in 332 minutes, and Bucks without Giannis on the court were minus 15.8 per 100 possessions in 100 minutes thus far this year. And I quote tweeted that and said, well, well also the Bucks with Middleton on the court are plus 4 per 100 possessions, and the Bucks without Middleton on the court this year are minus 22 per 100 possessions. And it got to that larger point that we talked about last night that when those two guys don't get to be on the floor together, when it's just one of them or none of them, the Bucks are not very good this year. And uh, I think you grabbed some more of these stats as we were getting ready. Yep. How extreme is it? And maybe do I even want to know? Well, yeah, and and uh, all the Bucks on Twitter um, posted the the advanced numbers, and so I, I went back and pulled some of the the, the data behind it just because we're still so early in the season i kind of like to look at just the raw totals as well just given given where we are um because sometimes like you know if, if you're talking about like a 15 or 20 minute sample of anything um you know you could it, a swing of like a couple points can dramatically affect yeah. the net rating numbers because those are grossed up to per 100 possessions so i was kind of curious to see kind of how the the math added up and um you know, right now, uh, Giannis and Chris on the court together, just shy of 27 minutes per game. Uh, the Bucks offense, 114.5 points per 100, which is excellent. Defense, 103.4, which is also good. Plus 11.1 together when Giannis and Chris are on the court, and they're a plus 49 in 240 minutes, right? So um, so obviously those are those are encouraging numbers. I mean, basically 240 minutes, that's five full games worth of minutes. So it's, it's not a t- that small of a sample and, you know, plus minus 49, you know, works out to about, you know, 10 points per, per 48 minutes. So yeah, you mean you feel, you feel good about that, right? I mean, I guess it could be even better. Uh, and you look at some of the other numbers and you say, well, I guess it kind of needs to be better. Um, because as you're alluding to Giannis without Chris, um, that they get about 10.2 minutes per game where Giannis is on the court without Chris. Their offensive rating is just 88.8 points per 100. Their defense 112 net minus 23.2. Um, in terms of actual total minutes and, and plus minus in 92 minutes of Giannis without Chris, they've been outscored by 43 points. So that's basically like two full games worth of play. And, you know, basically you're getting blown out basically if you just have Giannis without Chris, you know, minus 43 over roughly two games. So, you know, say it's a 20 point blowout in each game. Um, Chris without Giannis, that's about 9.7 minutes per game. So basically they play, you know, in effect, exactly 20 minutes per game with one of them, but not the other. Um, And Chris, better results, but still bad. 99 offensive rating, 115 defensive rating, minus 16 points per 100. That's an 87 total minutes. They're minus 34 in the minutes with Chris and not Giannis. Interestingly, only 1.4 minutes per game, 13 minutes total this season in which neither Chris nor Giannis has been on the court. They actually have a net rating of zero, but I'm guessing that pretty much is meaningless because it's probably been just more or less garbage time type type minutes where you've seen neither guy on the court. So, 
effectively, um, the Bucks always have one guy on the court. Not surprisingly, we mentioned that was the case on Friday as well. Uh, and for you know, twenty-seven minutes per game, uh, they have them together, and they have fared very well together. But when one of them sits down, um, then they really begin to run in trouble. And it's on both ends. It's not just an offensive problem. It's not just a defensive problem. Which <laughs> you kind of wish at least one of those things were tolerable, because then at least you could say like, well, okay, you know, we just need some more scoring. Exactly, or, exactly. Yeah. You would hope that the defense would still be good, and so it would just be like, well, they just need another score, right? But that's really certainly again early season. That that's not what we've seen. And obviously the the off court minutes are, are lower. You know, as we said, two hundred forty minutes with them together, around ninety minutes with with one, but not the other in in both cases. So again, you know, not not a really big sample, but. Um, you know, you, it's enough that we can kind of say, all right, if we want to describe, you know, from a descriptive standpoint, right, there's, you know, predictive and descriptive statistics. Um, this, from a descriptive standpoint, tells us the Bucks with both guys are good. The Bucks with one guy are bad. And we never really see the Bucks with neither guy because thankfully they've both been healthy and, and they obviously are pretty much always on the court when, when the game matters. So, um, I know we had one question today, and I, I guess the obvious question is, well, what what can the Bucks do better, right? Um, I, you know, I think we talked last time about uh, with Giannis in particular. Um, do you play more of the, as Ben Golliver called it, the puberty ball lineup, where Giannis is the uh, point center and he's out there with just a bunch of shooters uh, to try to maybe mask, especially at, at least some of the offensive issues, just by putting a bunch of shooters around him. Um, you know, as opposed to putting like a traditional big man out there with him who, you know, maybe gums up the, the lane a little bit, makes it a little harder for Giannis to get to the basket. That might be one thing. Um, but I don't know. I mean, is this just evidence that, you know, not having Greg Monroe slash Greg Monroe being injured? Uh, I know Matt Velasquez uh, had a story on him kind of trying to work his way back uh, today in the Journal Sentinel, which was kind of interesting, but also didn't really necessarily give any hints as to when he would be back. But um, but is this just kind of, well, you know, this is lacking Greg Monroe, who was so important last year as part of it. Um, obviously, in a future kind of world next year, Jabari Parker hopefully can maybe at least help the offensive side of this equation. Um, but I don't know. I mean, any other kind of reactions to this? Is this just sort of the reality of what you would expect or... I don't know. I mean, the Bucks can't just be doomed to be terrible with only one of these guys on the court, right? Like, surely Giannis by himself with some shooters should still be able to be a not terrible offensive team or just NBA team, right? I mean, come on. It's Giannis. Yeah, that, that seems like is something here in the start of the season that just maybe is going to end up setting itself out after some point because it doesn't make a lot of sense. Giannis is an all-world player, um, so for them to be bad with him on the floor just doesn't make a ton of sense. So um, I, I guess for me right now, I think one thing is definitely Monroe. And even when Monroe has played, he hasn't played as well as he did last year. Uh, I think a lot of the times with the bench unit, you could kind of just let Monroe be the creator and you could use him in the post. And I, I mean, for, for pretty much the entire year, the offense was great, even with Monroe on the floor, no matter really who was out there with him. Was it always going to be great the way people wanted in a pretty way? No, probably not. Um, it was probably going to be a little bit ugly, but I mean, if, if you're thinking about bench units, just, getting through and surviving, that's a positive. Um, not being actively terrible and tanking your entire team's <laughs> chance of winning a game. Like, if you can avoid that, 
the bench has done its job uh, and the bench is not doing its job this year. So I, I think that's a big part of it. I, I just think what we've seen from Delhi this year, just uh, anytime he, he's not someone, he, he doesn't have a multiple safety blankets on the floor with him. Like if he isn't playing with Malcolm and Giannis, if he isn't playing with Malcolm and Chris, if he isn't playing with Chris and Giannis, like if he is essentially the point guard. And I mean, I know some people uh, still complain about him being the primary ball handler too much. And I I would agree. It's still a problem, Um, but I don't think it's as bad as it was at times last year when he'd be on the floor with Giannis and, deciding that the show was going to run through him especially Um, late in games like uh, with the exception of like the boston game it feels like especially of late we're seeing him less late in games which is a positive but yeah so that isn't as big of a problem still somewhat of a problem but just yeah i'm not i i struggled to attempt to figure out what really happened with him because there's been a lot of times where he just doesn't look like an nba player and as much as he became kind of a punchline in Cleveland and as much as uh, I think people critique the original Delhi signing, like I think he was still an NBA player. Um, and <laughs> just in, in the last two, like this year, he, he just doesn't look like that really at all. And I, I'm, I really do struggle to figure out what has totally happened there, but he, he just doesn't look good, and that really tanks a bench unit, especially one that doesn't have Greg Monroe to do some of those things, because if he's forced into doing those things, it's just going really poorly. So offensively, that's not working, and obviously defensively, if if the Bucks are struggling with doing all those things with the first unit, well, it's only going to get worse when the second unit comes on and you don't have both Giannis and Chris who can be those guys on the backside calling out reads and helping cover up and, and do the things that this defense does. If one of, if just one of those guys out there, that's asking a lot of them when the, the rest of that bench unit might not be fleet of foot, might not understand the calls, might not understand the rotations. So um, I, I would say this, there there's, plenty of room to improve and i assume we'll see some improvement i i'm just not 100 percent sure exactly how that will happen yeah i mean you know i'm looking at delhi's numbers he's actually shooting 37 percent from three um the the revolutionary war musket is only uh firing off three and a half per 36 which is even fewer uh threes than a year ago when he was at 3.9 and the year before that was 4.6 in cleveland so um it, you know, it, a lot of the numbers are kind of actually similar. Like his per 36 numbers are similar, but just kind of worse on the margins. Like last year he was six and a half assists per 36. The series five and a half. Last year he was 2.4 turnovers per 36. The series 3.1. So just kind of more stupid turnovers. Like it, it just seems yeah. like he's just made like, just kind of make like randomly just really bad decisions. Like, and when, I was going to say too, like I feel like it's their decisions that he decides before reading the play. Like the other the other night, what he he could have just handed it off to Giannis. Yes, like Giannis he got that offensive him. foul. Yeah, it was, it was like, dude, just give Giannis the ball. Yeah. Like that was one thing you were great at last year. Like if Giannis was on the floor with you on a fast break, every time you were passing it to Giannis, and I don't know if he thought like, oh, I'm gonna trick them here. I'm not gonna give it to Giannis, but like, just give him the ball, man. Well. You know, in fairness to Delhi, um, as much as Giannis has been, I don't know what, what Giannis, if he's still at like 80% um, from zero to three feet, 
Delhi has not missed from zero to three feet this year. I think he's like three out of three, uh, but he's batting a thousand, you guys. So, uh, yeah. so they got to get him more looks at the rim. <laughs> yeah, we've been Deli. talking about easy looks for Giannis. Yeah, it's easy looks get, for Delhi. Exactly. You got to get Delhi attacking that rim. Um, <laughs> bear in mind, last year he shot 40%. He's a career 47% shooter uh, in the restricted area at the rim. So zero to three feet, uh, which uh, is, uh, as you might guess, not great. Um wow. He is, uh, he is though, one out of 11 from 3 to 10 feet, which seems to match up with my eye test of him leaving, like, every floater in that range short. Um, but then, weirdly, he's, like, 5 out of 8 from 10 to 16 feet. So, whatever. Delhi just makes no sense. Um, and as you said, I think especially with, you know, you take away Monroe... Um, I think I think that's where you do really notice because it's like when Delhi's in the court. If Delhi's in the court with Monroe, and obviously we we talk a lot about Brogro and you know Brogdon and Monroe playing off one another very well. But at a minimum, if you've got Delhi and Monroe out there together, like at least Monroe is a guy you can put the ball into you know somebody's hands to get it away from Delhi and just make him kind of do stuff off ball. So yep. um, yeah, I don't know. I, I would say in general, my of all the sort of players on the roster. I'm trying to think of anybody, and again, I mean, not that last year I thought Delhi was this big value add or key piece, but like I could at least talk myself into like, yeah, you know, he shot a lot better after uh, in the second half of the season, and you know, his screen setting, especially for Giannis as like an inverted pick and roll guy, is useful. Mm-hmm. I could at least talk myself into the idea of like him getting, you know, 15 minutes per game would not be like wildly like damaging to the to the team. Um, but it just feels like, man, I don't know. It just feels like every time he's out there, it just bums me out, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. And I think, you know, again, I mean, the the defense has been obviously a bigger concern than the offense. Um, and I, I don't think Delhi is, like, actively hurting the defense so much. But, um, but I think offensively, like, that's the problem. Like, when the offense isn't going... And, you know, again, especially especially when you have just Chris out there by himself and the lack of sort of explosiveness and athleticism, when you have Chris and Delhi and then pick, you know, any other three guys other than Giannis to put with them, the Bucks are just, you know, all the crap about the Bucks being like this long athletic team. uh, It's like they don't look like that at all. They're just not dynamic you know and it's forcing chris yeah. to really do probably more than he than he can um i mean the only positive is is delhi's minutes are down from 26 minutes a year ago to 22 i would like to see those shaved down to like you know 48 minus brogdon's minutes and i think brogdon should be in the 30s for sure so um again we've talked about not wanting really to see these dual delhi and 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 brogdon minutes um at a minimum we're, we're seeing fewer minutes like that late in games but um yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, if if there was any like it, like if the Cavs like, <laughs> and and I guess this can lead us into the conversation about the Cavs game on Tuesday night. Um, but you know, like I, I've there have been more than a couple times lately where I've like at least sort of thought in my head, could there be some level of desperation the Cavs have since Derrick Rose is basically the only point guard on their roster, and maybe LeBron has some soft, warm, fuzzy feelings about Delhi still. Like like could the Bucks swindle a like Shumpert for Delhi trade or something like that, since basically the salaries match up. And I just assume the answer is no. Um, but I, I just continue to try to like figure out ways to like conjure 
uh, possibilities of getting Delhi off this roster. And again, Delhi seems lovely, blah, blah, blah. Um, but it, yeah, I'm, I just, it, it just makes it that much. And, and I think for everybody watching, it just, it gets people riled up because he just, when he's, when he's not working, he just looks so, he looks like a dude you'd play with at the Y, you know, and that's just not, not really fun to watch. Yeah, I feel like the biggest problem with Delhi is that he's so incredibly Delhi. Like, there's just <laughs> no denying that he is who he is like you're not going to be able to do anything uh, about that so um I, I think that's big and then i mean you just think about last year and the fact that the bucks had a rookie immediately come in and pretty much contribute from the moment the season started and obviously malcolm eventually got to a point where he was starting by the end of the season and don got to that point as well um and you're seeing that from these two rookies that's just not happening right now. And may that happen someday? Sure. I, am I somewhat bullish on Sterling Brown? Yeah, I think so. Uh, but at this point, either he's not ready for those minutes, they don't think he's ready for those minutes. Um, but when you're just not getting other, you're just not getting positive uh, contributions from people on the bench, it just becomes really hard uh, to kind of put together any semblance of lineups that can just be okay like and, and not negative so uh we'll have to see if the bucks can kind of figure any of that out uh to this cleveland game frank um as you think about the game do you do you view it as a game that the bucks should win do you view it as a game that you'd be frustrated if the bucks lose do you view it as a game that you're ambivalent towards um i'm just curious because i i still think like like everyone thinks the Cavs will probably figure it out at some point and the Cavs will probably be the eastern conference final favorites i would assume because they have lebron but is there lingering doubt on that like i just don't i i struggle with how i'm supposed to view the cavaliers in a game against the cavaliers at this moment because they are struggling in the way that they're struggling yeah i don't know what to make of of the Cavs right now i mean i think there's still a general sense that that they'll figure something out come come playoff time and and you know as much as Boston has has been playing really well uh, since those those two losses to the Cavs and the Bucks uh, on the opening two nights of the season, you know do we really buy that LeBron is is you know going to lose before the finals <laughs> in in uh, have we reached that time of LeBron's career and um, I, again I don't think anybody in the East is is scary enough to make you count the calves out but man i don't know like I, I feel like a lot is riding on on isaiah thomas coming back and and providing them some level of dynamism and just a shot in the arm because it it just seems like you know lebron has this monster 57 point game over the wizards who you know recall the wizards just pick fights with everyone because they're just the wizards um <laughs> why why I, do you I don't know stop like, poking lebron yeah yeah, I mean, it was for people who didn't catch, so the Wizards basically were saying that, um, and I forget if it was Wall or Markeith Morris or Bradley Beal or all of them, but you know they were basically suggesting that the Cavs um, tanked. What, what were they saying? That the Cavs tanked uh, the end of the regular season last year so that they wouldn't have to face the Wizards in the second round of the playoffs, um, which is, of course, ironic because the Wizards couldn't beat the Celtics. So it's like, hey, maybe you guys should worry about taking care of business rather than you know the Cavs who... Oh, by the way, we're you know busy just 
throttling every comer that that came at them in in the east last year in the playoffs but um but lebron goes out and just dominates washington over the weekend and, and then, decides to post up like he hates posting up absolutely hates it he does not want to be that guy like he likes being on the wing he likes being a creator he likes being behind the three-point line and that night he was just like okay that's it like you guys talk too much like i'm just gonna punish you and it was bully ball i think he's got i think he got like 16 on wall and beal and post-ups and like they were like just backing him down right underneath the rim and it's like okay this is easy and then he pulled out a a baseline fadeaway, which if his if that's actually in his repertoire, he might be able to play for the next fifty years. Because uh, my God, he's it was incredible. Fifty seven, and I don't even know what else. But my God, it, it was ridiculous. So he's good. Um, and, Not bad. And, and and then he put up not again. It wasn't fifty seven points, but he put up numbers again on Sunday. And they lose at home to the Hawks, which you mentioned the other day. And I, I mean, I don't know. Like I'm. I keep expecting the Cavs to just sort of like at some point like wake up and like show some pride and you know they have I think the worst defense in the league right now they don't defend at all in transition all these things which make me optimi- at least somewhat optimistic that um Giannis Antetokounmpo and company can take advantage of them at least offensively never mind like you know let's put aside the fact that they have to stop them uh defensively which obviously you, you don't really feel that great about the Bucks being able to do at the moment but um but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think just going in, like, I just want to see, like, some sense that there's, like, some forward progress with the Bucks right now and that they're not just out there throwing their arms up defensively and saying, oh, what, what are we supposed to do? Uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, do something, right? Take away, like we said yeah. yesterday, take away something. Like, you know, if you're going to give up threes, take away the paint, please. Do, do something, you know? Um, and offensively I, I don't know i mean this team is obviously very sort of hit or miss um excuse the pun depending on what they do from three-point range right i mean they you know the extreme was in charlotte where they hit 19 threes and um obviously that opens up lots of things although they didn't win that game um or, or they have nights obviously where they're missing open looks and and then they look very toothless uh, offensively and they look like the green bay packers with brett hunley at quarterback <laughs> so um, so I, you know, I don't know. I mean, at this point, like <laughs> expecting a win in Cleveland as bad as Cleveland has been. I mean, I joked yesterday that, you know, maybe the Bucks now at four and five are bad enough to, to actually beat the Cavs considering the Cavs only seem to beat teams that at least have some vague claim on, uh, on, you know, making a threat to them in the East. I think what they've beaten the Celtics, Bucks, Wizards, and did they beat the Raptors? I don't know if they beat the Raptors, but um but they've at least beaten some teams that like can actually theoretically challenge them a little bit and they've lost to just you know all these awful teams like brooklyn and atlanta and who else have they lost to have they lost the, the, their wins are celtics bucks bulls wizards their losses are magic nets pellies knicks pacers and hawks not great bob not great no. um so I, I don't know i won't pretend to know what what Cavs team is going to show up tomorrow. So I just hope the Bucks can come out and at least, you know, it's, it's almost like I'm reverting back to my like year ago, two year ago Bucks fandom where I'm just like, I just hope Giannis goes out and just destroys <laughs> and um, they score points and, you know, J.R. Smith continues to struggle and the Cavs just 
the Cavs defense is worse than the Bucks defense basically <laughs> that's my that's my hope so I mean again like you know it's it's the east the east is wide open this is an opportunity you actually could very easily go in and beat the Cleveland Cavaliers in Cleveland right now and do you trust the Bucks to actually do that no but do you have a chance you have a chance yeah uh, and yeah, if you're hoping for the Cavs defense to be bad, that is a, a distinct possibility as they are dead last in the league in defensive rating right now. Uh, and, tr- rating. and Tristan Thompson's hurt, which, you know, he, he gave the Bucks all sorts of fits uh, in, in the first game in Milwaukee. So that's and Shumpert may not be available. And I think love practice today. He'll, I would assume he'll play, but he was there's, Ill, I think the other day, yeah. there, there's a chance that maybe you, you do have an even better chance there. So, I, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of in a spot where I would like to see the defense improve. I would like to see them, like you said. I, Not I just want to feel, yeah. And like I guess to to be more exact in that, like I just want to feel confident that a game plan is being executed more often than not. If said game plan gets ripped apart, like that's fine. But I want to see a pick and roll where I feel confident that. The guy, the two, the two-man combo defending that pick and roll, did what they were supposed to do, and at least forced a rotation or or forced it. And again, it could be a mistake even further down the road in this connection, uh, in these different connections on the defense. But I just want to feel good that the game plan is actually being executed because, as I've said, I don't know how many times at this point, when I watch the Bucks right now, I'm not sure. Are are Thon and uh, John Henson supposed to be? blitzing or are they supposed to be trapping are they supposed to be hard hedging are they supposed to be dropping i i know for sure they're not supposed to be doing nothing in no man's land uh which they did a lot against the pistons i know they're not supposed to be doing that but what exactly is is the goal there and i want to feel like i have some confidence of that um i guess another thing try not to leave Kyle Korver open for a number of threes in the third quarter that totally swings the game that would to me, be be a big thing that would that would make me happy. Um, but yeah, I I just want to feel a little bit more confident that defensively um, there's some level of execution, and uh, that's just not something I've felt in the last three games. So um, seeing that would make me feel better. And again, I, I, with this Cavs team right now, I, I don't know what to expect. Um, they they could very well come out and score. 120 tomorrow night and that could be enough to win it um i i just don't really know what to expect and i don't know if i would be mad or disappointed if the bucks lose but if the bucks lose in a way where they don't execute those things like i said then yeah i do think um you're getting to a level where you're disappointed and angry that the team's lost four in a row and been as hapless as they have in those four losses so um we'll see um anything else you wanted to cover with the game or is that about it uh i think that's about it um you know again this game they'll have a few days to think about it they go on the road they stay on the road and head to san antonio uh, friday um i i can i considered going to this game in san antonio um but i have friends from out of town visiting with a baby and so it's just not really feasible so uh I will not be in in the arena to see the Bucks presumably lose, which uh, yeah, I, I'm okay with that. I, I'm always torn about going to see the Bucks play on the road, just because it's like 
Uh, you go to a, like the opposing team's arena and you see your team lose it. That's not fun. But I am going to the no, game in Houston on December sixteenth. So, um, Bucks, if you're gonna win like one game against a good team on the road in the next month or so, like, <laughs> just, just save it. Until just the save 16th. it. Just say or just actually become good again. You know, or or good period, and, and <laughs> don't disappoint us. But yeah, I, hey, they can't take the Wisconsin hurt away from us, Eric. That's true. Xavier Munford, I, Munford and Sons. Game winners. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, that, that's what that's what we got right now. Heard get a big one in their first game as a franchise. Uh, they win that game. That's your G League update for I don't know the next month. <laughs> um, we will talk to you after the game tomorrow night. Uh, it'll be uh, draft Wednesday by that time, so be on the lookout for us uh, sending out draft links for you to attempt to take our money. Um, I don't know if we have we won. No, I don't think we have. In either of, okay, this week, this week we're gonna win. One of us is gonna finish in the top two in our draft league, Frank. Okay, it's gonna have to be uh, you, I think. Okay, that's fine. Whoever it is, uh, <laughs> you're gonna have us- to win money because I'm. I I just actually I I blew it last time because I just completely flaked out and then didn't realize the draft was happening and and it had it auto draft, which is like annoying because that's like the big fun part. But yeah, don't just pay attention basically is the, 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 the moral of the story. Not like I would have, you know, I, that's my excuse, but would I have actually won if I had picked <laughs> the team? Like, come on, yeah, probably not. Uh, so we'll do that again. Be sure to be on the lookout for that. Uh, we'll talk to you after the Cavs game tomorrow night. Hopefully it is a Milwaukee Bucks win. Uh, that was Frank. I'm Eric. This has been Lockdown Bucks, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.